0: So here is what I would like for you to do. I want to tell just a few little stories, and then we're going to look at the book of Proverbs. And here's what I want you to be doing. I want you to be thinking, like, what do all these have in common? So here is my first story. It is a story of a young clerk in New York City. It was one of his first jobs he ever had. And one of his responsibilities was at precisely 6 a.m. every morning he was to pull up the shutters in front of the place of business. And he did this every morning. And there was an older gentleman who would be walking on his way to his business, and it became a habit of theirs to just greet each other every morning. Well, time went by, and the older gentleman stopped coming by. And one day, a lawyer came to talk with the young clerk of this little business, and he said, uh, this older gentleman has willed his business and all of his inheritance to him. And why? Because he was so impressed that at 6 o'clock every morning, right on the dot, he was putting the shutters up. Wow, that makes you want to pull your shutters up every morning, right? At the right time. I don't know if you've ever heard of the grasshopper battle. It happened in our country many years ago. It was between two Indian tribes. And how it began was a mom and her child went to another village to visit another lady. The two young boys began to play with a grasshopper. And one wanted the the other one wanted it. Well, they got mad, and so the moms got mad, and so they went home. They told their husbands their husbands got mad. And they had a battle and about wiped each other out over a grasshopper. So if water is 211 degrees, it is what? Well, it's really hot. Yeah. If it's 212 degrees, though, it is what? It's boiling. Man, y'all are good. So if you got on a plane this morning and you were going to fly to New York City... And if your course was off one degree, where would you land? The right answer is not New York City because of just one degree off. So if you have Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 24. So we're going to hang out there for a little bit this morning in Proverbs. So we'll just kind of go back and forth some places. So Proverbs, if you will, verse chapter 24. We're going to start in verse 30. And look at the rest of this, 30 through 34. It reads, I passed by the field of a sluggard. Some of y'all's translation might, a sloth, a lazy person. It says, By the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with needles. Its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and I considered it. I looked and I received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So, I don't know if you, when you look at the worship notes, you look up there at the title. Well, I left the title so that um, I wouldn't be so predictable this morning. And so with my little stories in this particular proverb, what do you think would be the title of today's message, blank by blank, little by little. And so I want to talk to us today, and I said us, because this is for me more than anyone. In fact, this particular message comes out of a quiet time of my own where I was deeply convicted about little by little. Because you and I know that habits, whether good or bad, and you know, I realize whenever I say habit, for most of us, we're always thinking of a bad habit. But there are some good habits. Hopefully, all of us have those. But both good and bad habits, they come little by little. In fact, did you know that about 40% of everything you do every day, about 40% of it is just a habit? A habit. You don't necessarily think about it. You don't necessarily plan on it. It is just a daily habit that you and I have. If you don't agree with me, I would just dare you to take, dare, that's probably a hard, anyway, I just dare you to take a note this week and just like write down the things you do every day if they're not mostly habits. So habits are very, very important in both ways because habits you go on to talk about characters built, or it is ruined little by little. Is this not true? A person's character, it can be like that person, their character just shines, or it could be a little indiscretion, just a little thing, and yet a person's character can be what? Ruined if not forever, because of a little thing. Because sometimes we underestimate little things. In fact, in your notes there, you'll see on the left side, there are some quotes. I want you to, look, if you will, look at this one. It says, sow a thought and you reap and what? If you sow a thought, you will reap a, what does the quote say? An action. If you sow an action, you will reap a... Habit. If you sow a habit, you will start to begin to reap a character. And you sow a character and you reap a destiny. And the truth is, every one of us, if we're not really aware, really self-aware, if we don't have good friends, and if we are not very sensitive to the Spirit of God who lives within us, And keen to his word as we read it. If we do not watch it, little things will creep in. In fact, just right below that, there's a quote that says, As the daylight can be seen through a very small hole, like in a sheet of paper. You've probably done this. You just take a pinhole and you put within maybe a black sheet of paper, a pinhole, and you put it up. And you can see the sun through that little pinhole. Well, this quote goes on to say, as the di- daylight can be seen through very small holes, so little things will illustrate a person's character. Again, whether good or bad, character consists in little acts well and honorably performed. And so, here's the truth: I realize myself, and I hope that you will begin to realize it if you haven't already that there is a danger in underestimating the effects of small choices. Because all of our lives are just a sum total of a lot of small choices in our lives. For most of us, it might not be a huge, big fault or something that we do. But it could just be a small thing that is not watched and it is not taken care of, and then that small thing just kind of grows a little bit, kind of like rolling up a snowball, if not watched very carefully, it becomes something totally out of control. So small things, little by little. In fact, another quote, if you'll there look, says one of Satan's main objectives is a life back up. One of Satan's main objectives in the life of a believer is to shatter any pattern of obedience to God. Now stop for a moment. This particular quote and what I want to talk about for a moment is just about baptism. About the obedient act of baptism. You and I know baptism does not save. Baptism, though, is an act of obedience of a true child of God... After they have become a believer, it, that's what Jesus asked us to do. It is obedience. But oftentimes, even baptism can be looked at as something that is like not that significant. It is not, necessar- not necessary. It's maybe looked at as something that it's really not that big of a deal. And so, John MacArthur goes on to say, I want to start again one of Satan's main objectives in the life of a believer is to shatter any pattern of obedience to God. And the sooner the better. If he can make baptism so confusing or seem unimportant that one ignores it, then he has started the believer on a path of indifference and disobedience. So a young man that grew up here at Heritage... His name is Kyler Smith. Some of you know him. Grew up just a little old kid growing up here. As he became a young man, he actually read this quote. And he came to me one day and he said, you know, I can remember when I became a believer as a young man. I I remember when he became a believer. But he said, as a young man, this word indifference is what he thought about when he thought about baptism. He was just indifferent to it. He, he might have been like a little maybe afraid or embarrassed because he was a little older. And so he thought, well, it's not really that big of a deal. But then he realized it was an act of obedience. And I can remember he actually came to me and goes, I must be baptized. I remember it was the first Sunday of that particular year that Kyler followed the Lord in baptism. Because he realized what he thought was a small thing was really a big thing in God's eyes. And yet he took what God said was, hey, this is what you need to do. And he put a definition on it or a value on it and said it wasn't that important. And yet he realized it was that important. I wonder if you will take your Bible. I want you to keep in Proverbs, but take a hard right and go to the book of Matthew. Matthew 13 and if you lose any of these, in your notes, there's all the references you'll be able to turn to. If you can't find it, that's okay. You can look later. But Matthew 13, Jesus is telling uh, something, and he says in chapter 13, verse 33. It says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Hold your thoughts there. Turn right to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Jesus is saying it for maybe good, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. Paul says, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? So I don't know if you know what leaven, maybe young people, you don't. I've been cooking lately, and um, I realize it just takes a little. It just takes a little. There was an explosion in our oven because what I thought was a pinch... I just use a handful. I thought, you know, if you use a little a little more is better. Not so. Little leaven, a little can affect it so. If you will turn right again from 1 Corinthians and go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. Many of you should have this memorized. 1 Timothy 4:7. In fact, I'm going to read it in the Phillips translation. Does that remind you of anybody? Did, do you remember a lady who would come up and she would say, I want to tell you a Bible verse from such and such, and then she'd say, and this is from the Phillips translation. Do you remember a lady like that? Remember Kathy Herndon? And she would quote a verse in another translation. And I was always amazed because if I quote you a verse, it's in Jimmy's translation. And what it is, it's just sloppy. For all you wanted children, do not be listening to this. But she would say, now in the Philips, so in the Philips translation, First Timothy 4, 7 says, take time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. And so, first of all, little by little has to do with our character. Either our character is built or it is ruined or it is in a decline because little by little. And so I just want to talk about just a couple, three places that you and I might see this played out. So back in the book of Proverbs, if you would, Proverbs chapter 6, I want to talk about when it comes to our work. When it comes to our work, little by little, either in the good sense or in the bad sense, will affect you and I. And so Proverbs has a lot to tell us about a lot of things. And here in Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 6, it says this. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having a chief, an officer, or a ruler, she prepares her bread in summer. And she gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. I don't know if you've ever read the uh, devotional, My Upmost for His Highest, Oswald Chambers. If you have never, it's a really great devotional Chambers was a man who was really given to detail because he thought it honored God. Detail, in every aspect of his life, he believed honored God. My question, do you believe that detail in every area of your life, do you believe it is important and it's honoring to God? It is. He believed it. In fact, He uh, was um, volunteered during World War I in a military camp outside of Cairo, Egypt. He was criticized for giving detail for what many considered a waste of time and effort. And so if you read the book, you kind of come to find out that he would give like more than is required or expected on any given project. And so if he was given a project there at the camp, he would, like, go beyond what someone asked of him or even expected. And people would begin to criticize him. And so he says, and there's the quote, A grave defect in much work today, he said, is that men do not follow Solomon's admonition where it says in Ecclesiastes 9.10, Whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all your might. The tendency is to argue It's only for a short time. Why trouble? If it's only for five minutes, let it be done well. In fact, he coined a a little sentence. You see it there. It says, do ordinary things extraordinarily well. Do ordinary things extraordinarily well. So in work, I just want to give you a... I grew up... My dad was a bricklayer. And uh, so I grow up, and I go to work with him, and um, I didn't realize that other boys didn't go to work with their dads until I got in high school, and then I realized that they did things during the summer that I really didn't get to do. So my dad let me go to youth camp in the summer and vacation Bible school, um, and then I went to work with him, and so he was a bricklayer. So you know what I did? What I did is I hauled brick and I mixed cement or mud, if you know anything about uh, laying brick. And I built scaffold and I cleaned up and, and I just did whatever all the bricklayers wanted me to do. And so as I grew up, uh, we would uh, hire on to jobs when we didn't have our own jobs. And I would hire on. In fact, I, I brought something today just so you wouldn't think I was lying. My My dad said, why carry one brick when you can carry a dozen? And so this is my dad's actual brick tongs. And so if you've ever seen brick, that come in like these certain pallets. Well, this one is made just so that you can take this many brick at a time. And so he, he didn't like the one brick at a time kind of a deal. So this is how I grew up. And we hired on, and I can still remember the first time this ever happened, that we were on a job and it didn't take until maybe Wednesday of that week when the other laborers came to me and said, listen, you're making us look bad. And I said something like this. It sounds like a personal problem. (laughs) Sounds like a personal problem. And I kept working and it paid off. In fact, I'm going to show you how it paid off. If you will, turn to Colossians chapter 3. It didn't pay off in monetary value. It paid off in something greater. So if you will, Colossians chapter 3. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul, he says this in the book of Ephesians as well. He repeats it again in Colossians chapter 3 starting in verse 22. Bond servants obey everything those who are your earthly masters not by way of eye service as people pleasers but with sincerity of heart in other words an undivided service fearing the Lord so fearing the Lord means that you are aware of God's presence so you're aware of God's presence at your job you're aware of God's presence at home You're aware of God's presence at school, young people. And so you conduct yourself because you realize God's presence is here with me wherever I am. And so you conduct yourself that way. And so Paul is saying to people, hey, listen, in whatever you have to do, you're to do it with a single heart, not just eye service, when the boss is looking. It's like when the boss isn't there that you are still doing your job. Why? Because someone is still looking. Other people, but ultimately God is looking because of the fear of God. It says in verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily, in other words, with a whole heart, not a divided heart, a whole heart, as though you're working for the Lord and not for men. Like you're doing this for Jesus. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. And so the payoff for these jobs that I worked at as a laborer happened more than once where they said, you're making us look bad. The payoff from Colossians was later at different times. I would have men come to me and go, What makes you so different? Why don't you cuss at this terrible job and this terrible heat that we're in? Why don't you talk about women like everybody else does? Why don't you take our uh, invites to come drink with us? Why do you work? You're getting paid as much as we are. What they didn't know is I wasn't. Because whoever the boss was saw my work and on the side paid me extra because it was diligent. But the payoff was not that. The payoff was I had man after man after man go, why do you work like you do at this crummy job? And then you get to talk about, well, I'm not working for this boss. I'm working for somebody else. And get to share the gospel, because if I would have worked like them, they would have just said, "There's nothing different about him. There's nothing, no work ethic. They he works just like me. He doesn't care. He only gives half-hearted." So they all felt good. So your work is very, very important. If you will turn to Proverbs chapter thirteen. Proverbs thirteen verse eleven. Proverbs thirteen, eleven. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle. It's interesting about that. I wonder why it dwindles. Did it dwindle because it came real easy? Maybe like Man, I finally hit the jackpot or that lottery ticket or it finally, you know, it came in and it wasn't worked for and so maybe it dwindles just as easy as it came. I don't know necessarily, but the rest of the verse says this, but whoever gathers little by little will increase. So I want to talk about money for just a moment. Have you ever noticed if you've been at Heritage very long, we don't talk about money very much? Don't talk about it very much. And now some of you are going like, oh, but you are now. Anyway, so i want to talk to you about a different way. Little by little. So especially young people, I just want to encourage you. If you get an allowance or if you have a job or I'm I'm telling you, this is for anybody, little by little. Kind of like your habits, 40% of what you do every day is a habit. I would encourage you to get you a little notebook or something, and that you would just take record just for a a week, or if you're really serious, for a month, about your money. Every time you spend anything, that you write it down, that you keep a record of it. It's like, where did my money go? Well, I want you to keep a little book and write it down and find out where does it go. So again, I grew up as a brick mason laborer, didn't make a whole lot. But one day, I had this bricklayer who was not a Christian. He was pretty old guy, all right? And uh, I was young, so I thought he was really old guy. He was in World War II, He uh, got his leg all shot up, and yet he came to work every day, even though he was crippled in one leg. He came to work every day, every day, every day. In fact, I can remember when he would come to work with my dad and I, on Fridays my dad would pay him with a check. And I remember several times I just happened to be there when he would hand this gentleman, his name was Vern. He would hand Vern his check, and Vern would take out his wallet and he had opened it up, and he would put it with all the other checks my dad has given him over the past weeks. All those checks are still in his wallet. He hasn't ran to the bank like I would. Like, don't close, you know. He, he just kept putting them in there until he couldn't put them in there anymore, and then he'd go deposit them. Thought, what? What's, what's up with Vern. One day while we were working, I was complaining, and I was complaining about what I was making. And so Vern set me down, and he started telling me a a little story. And he said, hey, listen, I've been where you are. And back when I worked, I made less than $20 a week being a brick laborer. But I grew up, because my parents started talking to me about 10, 10, 80. You ever heard that before? 10, 10, 80. And I'm like, okay, is that a motor oil? What are you talking about? Like 10, 10, 80. He goes, no, no, no. says, when you get paid, so when he got paid less than $20 a week, he would give 10%. He would save 10%. And then Whatever expenses he had, he had the 80%. But then he said he realized he didn't need all the 80%. So he upped it to 15%, and then he saved 15%. And then he gave whoever's good with mathematics, you figure it out from there. So the next day, Vern walked up to me. And he handed me five $100 bills. I couldn't believe it. He had realized from a young age, because Vern became a believer in his old age, and he realized that ultimately it all belonged to the Lord anyway. It all belonged to the Lord anyway. And so here's, here's like, talking about money in church, that some people like, oh, you always talk about money. Well, we don't. But here it is. Do you know when you give and you put it, we have these boxes back there. I mean, how silly is that? Like, we have boxes. Some would go like, well, people's going to forget. And they're going to just, you know, when you pass the plate, it, like, reminds people, like, oh, I better go to digging and grab something, you know. But you have boxes, like people might forget. Well, here's the deal. When you and I give and put in the box, we're not reminding God that we know whose it is. You know who you're reminding? You're reminding yourself that all this belongs to God anyway. It's just a reminder that it all belongs to God. And so ultimately, when it comes to money, little by little... It can be in the good way. It can be for the bad way as well. So in Proverbs, take a hard ride. I want you to go to Song of Solomon. I don't know if you've heard many sermons from Song of Solomon. But Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 15. Proverbs two fifteen. So if you're married today, this would be for you. If you have any type of friendship, this could be for you. If you have any type of relationship with other people, this could be for you. Because it says, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. In other words, whatever small issue that might be spoiling the relationship, stop it. Because honestly, what you might think is just small might be very huge to the other person. It's kind of like when I had my gallbladder out. Did you know what they told me? In fact, you know what everybody told me when I had my gallbladder out? It's just a minor surgery. It's just minor. You know what, there's nothing minor about my surgery. So I took their advice. Oh, it's minor. And so the next day after the surgery, I I wanted to go to a particular event and Sherry took me against her will. And halfway during the event, you know what I told her? Get me out of here now. It was not minor. Here's what I realized. It's minor when it happens to me. It's major when it happens to you. Like, oh, you're just having minor surgery. Oh, you're having major surgery. Well, what happens is, in particular situations in our relationships, we might just think it's a minor thing when the truth is it's a major thing to somebody else. In fact, if you don't realize that, just ask them. If they haven't already told you, just ask them. I mean, be honest. Like, is this a bad thing? And be ready for what they're going to tell you. In fact, if you will look at the quote, it's from Sacred Marriage. A guy named Gary Thomas wrote this particular book. It says, behind virtually every case of marital dissatisfaction lies unrepented sin. Couples don't fall out of love so much as they fall out of repentance. Sin, wrong attitudes, personal failures they are not dealt with slowly erode the relationship, assaulting and eventually erasing the once lofty promises made in the throes of an early and less polluted passions. So not necessarily falling out of love, just a falling out of repenting, because they might not necessarily think it's not that big of a deal, because it's just a small issue. So if you will, back in Proverbs 27, if you will, back to Proverbs 27, I just want to talk to you about two particular words found throughout the book of Proverbs when it comes to relationships especially in your marriage proverbs 27 verse 12 you'll find this particular word all through in fact it's in the very first chapter of proverbs chapter verse 7 and it's all the way through to the very end in fact talking about the virtuous woman in proverbs 31 you will find this word the prudent sees danger and hides himself but the simple go on and they suffer for it. A prudent person is a person who's careful. They look ahead. They are wise. The simple simply means that they are just open to any and everything. But the prudent person is wise and aware of their actions. If you will, look at Proverbs 11:23. So prudence is much needed in our relationships. Proverbs 11:23 this is a great one. I remember as a kid reading this. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. Discretion. What's that? If you will, Proverbs 27, verse 14. It kind of gives a working definition of what discretion is. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 14 says, "'Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice,' rising early in the morning, will be counted a cursing. In other words, discretion is avoiding words, actions, attitudes, which can result in really bad consequences. So, Sherry and I, uh, we get up early, uh, but um, I'm, I need to work on discretion in the morning. Because in the morning, um, I'm like alive when the alarm goes off. And so, after just a little bit, if Sherry's not really moving, I'll say something like, are you happy? And uh, she'll quote this verse to me. uh, Word for, I mean, in every translation too. And uh, because I did not realize I was being an irritation. I lack discretion. And so, I, I don't do that much anymore. And so, the thing is, is prudence and discretion is needed, not just in marriage, but every, every, every relationship. And so my deal to all of us, including myself, is there any area in your relationship and how you handle God's money and the job that God has given you that you just need to stop and confess, repent, seek forgiveness, see what little direction you need to switch or change. Because here's the truth. A little will quickly give way to a lot if given a little extra time. Or a little will quickly give way to a lot if given a little indiscretion. Or a little will quickly give way to a lot if given a little diligence or a little discipline or a little extra effort. Because the truth is it starts in our personal character. Because as we started, I just want to remind you that a person wrote full of wisdom, I passed by the field of a sluggard. Or maybe today we'd say, I passed by the life or the work ethic. Or I saw a relationship of a person lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns and the ground was covered with needles and its stone walls were broken down. Then I saw And I considered it, not necessarily to judge, but I considered it. And I looked and I received instruction, not to judge, but to realize, what about my own life? Because a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands, a little indiscretion, a little cutting the corner, a little slack, a little of not being careful, a little of and just name it, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like a armed man. Father, today, your word speaks loud and clear. Seems like the book of Proverbs is so very clear. Today, I pray that we, including myself more than anyone, would hear loud and clear, not just for the bad, but for some things that I could do a little extra kindness, a little extra time, effort, a little extra slowing down to listen to that person, a little not so in hurry, or a little more diligent at work, or you would help us to realize that the fear of the Lord is realizing that we are in your presence every morning, moment, no matter where we're at, school, home, work, in our neighborhood, at the store doesn't matter. We're in your presence. I pray that we would live accordingly. God, I pray that you would help us to live in such a manner that is worthy of the calling that you called us to. And little by little. Lord, I, I need to continue to grow. And I realize it will be little by little. I pray that you'd help us to realize little by little we could go the opposite way as well. Help us today to be sensitive to your spirit of where you're speaking to our hearts about. Maybe we thought it was a little issue when to you there are no little issues. When Almighty God speaks, it is not to be considered by a human being a little issue. Help us to take you seriously. In all things. Not thinking that anything. Is insignificant. Even a good thing. Is not insignificant. A good word. A good come alongside someone. When we don't think it's that big of a deal. When it really is. So help us to take seriously. Small and ask this in your name.